0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. I'm Mick and I'm joined as usual by Jay. This is the first episode of one of our new shows on the channel. It's called Famous Fans. Now if you're old enough to remember, you obviously remember that 21 seconds tune back in 2001 by So Solid Crew. Our guest today is a founding member of the band who were pioneers in the UK music scene back in the day and helped create and shape a whole new genre. He performed on a song which is one of my favorite tracks, Rap This by Oxard and Neutrino back in 2001. He then went on to run a solo career, he was quite handy on a football pitch himself, and is a huge Liverpool fan. It's of course Harvey. Welcome, Harvey, mate. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well, boys. Yourself, yeah, good, good. How about you, Jay? Good,
1: mate. I'm buzzing for this one, bro. Really, really
2: buzzing. <laughs> Yeah, ah, like that's, to... that, that's, that's good, lads, that's good, man. Hey, listen, you're, Liv- you're, Liv- you're Liverpool boy, so I owe you loyalty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we just like to say thanks for coming on, Harvey. Obviously, we appreciate... Any time. ...you taking the time to come out and speak to us like this, especially on our first first show on one of these. We'll, uh, we really appreciate it. So, we'll, we'll just crack straight on. Um, how did you become a Liverpool fan? Well, this is what actually gets me quite mad. If I'm sometimes tweeting or...
2: You know, winding up Man United fans or other fans that I have banter with. They're always like, "You um, oh, you cockney scouser," but no one actually takes time to dwell into my past. Now, people don't realize that a lot of my family are from Tuxeth. They're from also over the water, Heswall. So I've grown up around it. You know, my my little cousin played played for Liverpool. My cousin was actually the nephew of David James. People didn't know that. So. Oh. I've always had a lot of links um, with Liverpool Football Club as well as being friends um, with the players. It's been, ever, ever since I've been born, it's all I've ever known. Um, naturally, being a Jamaican boy, um, John Barnes was a massive factor in our in our household. So, you know, your dad always used to say to you, um, well, my stepfather always used to say, you know, John Barnes played through racist times. He dealt with a lot of adversity in the times that he played because it wasn't it wasn't multicultural like football is now. So, um, yeah, that, that was a big factor too, for having family from Liverpool and Johnny Barnes being a Jamaican. Love that, mate. I love that.
1: That's, like you said, <laughs> people don't know
2: that, and that's that's brilliant. Love it. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'm, love not,
2: it. I'm, I'm not an armchair fan. I haven't just come on the glory board. No, 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 no. I've got Scousers in my family.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I already knew that you were a Liverpool fan, obviously, and I've seen a few pictures recently, and I thought I'd reach out to you. And Obviously, um, you came back to us, which I would obviously hugely appreciate. So, thanks very much for that. No worries, by the way. Um, we'll, we'll just crack on. Uh, who were your f- favorite players growing up? Well, this is actually quite quite funny. So, considering my music
2: career, I've you know, I've I've made songs with Christine and Milian, I've toured with Eminem. People always go to me, Wow, what was it like working with them and meeting them? Was they your favorite people? And I was like, No musician. Is iconic to me more than a Liverpool player. So the player that I idolise, and he's gonna laugh when he sees us because we're because we're, we're friends, um, was Robbie Fowler. He's having have a Robbie Fowler scrapbook.
0: <laughs> well like, oh Robbie
2: my was, God! Yeah, God, man, like you know, great finisher. Um, you know, Liverpool have always had great centre forwards. Going going back from Rushy. You know, and, and all, all the legends, and yeah, when he when he came along, because he was kind of just a, just a bit older than me. That you know, they was magical days. The fastest hat trick against Arsenal. Um, just his impact, just a natural born finisher, man. Yeah, you know, you know what oh, I mean. And incredible. he's
0: incredible.
2: And he's a scouts, lad. He, he was he was homegrown, so um I was absolutely obsessed with with um, Robbie Fowler. No, mate, I'm totally with you on that one, pal. He's my hero. So yeah, I'm totally just
1: you, you can growing up and watching him, it's just phenomenal what he could do on a football pitch with so little room around his feet. Somehow he always managed to put the ball in the back of the net and it's just yeah, you've you've just summed it up here, really, mate.
2: Oh, what a guy. Can't great wait to player. See got, didn't have a lot of pace. Do you know what I mean? Which was mad, but he had great movement. Great movement, very clever. And like I said, one of the, you know, once Robbie Fowler's in front of goal, you might as well turn your back because there's only one place that is going. Um very, very um very rarely missed the chance. Um, just they, obviously, I didn't feel he hit his full potential with England. But I don't think he got a fair enough chance, considering yeah, he did. was one. Yeah. He was one of our. our him and Ian Wright have always the weird ones. Two of the best strikers I've, I've watched, but never yeah. really um got that England platform. Considering they was probably one of the most consistent um two consistent strikers in the Premiership at that time.
1: Yeah, no, it's a really good point, mate. And like you said. It's it's a wonder. I mean, obviously, we were blessed as a country to have some some fantastic strikers in the nineties uh, from an England mm-hmm. perspective. But it is shocking how you know Robbie just didn't get more games than what he should have done for England. It is an absolute shame. Yeah. And but well, then again, we be, we benefited that as a club then, really, didn't we? Because he was playing exactly. For us, so exactly. He you know, scored a hell of a lot of goals. <laughs> certainly did, mate. 186 yeah, goals, did. incredible. Um, well, it's been you know you look forward to you know. The '90s was obviously a tough time for us as a club, really, and then obviously we had the bright sparks of Robbie and Stevie Mack, and then the likes of Patrick Berger coming to the squad and stuff like That's that. Right. 2001 was a massive year for Liverpool in terms of trophies, you know, the treble, the five trophies in the space of a few months. But also, mate, it was a massive year for yourself in terms of your career, which is unbelievable. I'm mean, just wondered, like, did you manage to watch Liverpool at the time, given how much success
2: you were getting? How did you follow the Reds back then? Well, if you spoke to any of the boys, obviously the internet wasn't as easy to access football around them times, but um, if you spoke to any of the boys, they'd be like, trying to find Harvey in an arena, he's probably um, trying to find that like, the football was <laughs> on in the catering room. <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, he's probably got his Liverpool shirt, shirt on in rehearsals. So everyone is so solid. I was like, well, me and Mega Man are both diehard Liverpool fans. Super so there was always a way, there's no way when it got to three o'clock clock on a Saturday or 7.45 in the midweek, I'm not knowing what's going on at Anfield yeah. or away from Anfield. It Liverpool's my life. It makes my it makes my it makes my world tick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, love it, man, love it.
1: But like you said, I mean, you know, such a massive year for you. You know, you must have been on cloud nine. You know, your your team's performing, the winning trophies, and yeah. your career's taking off, mate. I mean, what what are you you had? It, you know, a couple of years, right, obviously. But then, you know, sort of the 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 climb of of the band and stuff like that must have been an incredible feeling.
2: It was amazing because, like I said, that was our first number one. We actually formulated in ni- 1999 on the underground circuit. Yeah. But, like I said, what was weird for me that when I used to go and watch Liverpool play back then, I remember, like, I used to save money, literally. And when I used to play in London at QPR, because a guy used to support QPR with me, I'd get my 13 quid and just, just literally sneak out of my house. My mum didn't even though I went to Loftus Road. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, go, and go and watch Liverpool play. I think Nigel Clough scored that day when I was a young kid uh, at Loftus Road. And... um. What was um, crazy then was that the amount of players that from Liverpool that I idolised that became fans of my music. So yeah. within that year, I went to dinner with John Barnes. It was just so bizarre. Um, um, I played in a charity game with Steve McManaman and Robbie Fowler. And they're coming up to me going like, you know, my kids love your music. And I'm really trying to play it dead cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, cheers for that, mate. Thanks a lot. <laughs> So it's weird. I remember going to dinner with John John Barnes at the living rooms, and Barnes is a good friend of mine. And then guy going like, Barnesy, you're absolutely my hero. And he was like, Harvey, shut the fuck up. What are you going on about? And I, was going like, <laughs> I was going, I can't believe I'm sitting with you <laughs> Fucking so, so that was literally in 2001. A lot of players, I was getting invited to Anfield a lot um, by all the, you know all the corporate side of Anfield because they knew that me and Spoony was Liverpool fans. So yeah, that's class. when I started going football on a corporate level. And then you know I didn't really know about. That you're gonna get tickets to go in the bar and actually see the players, and um, one of the first players that actually came up to me was Cara, Cara's top man. Yeah, legend, yeah, legend. You He goes, you're love the music, lads. I was like, well, cheers, Cara. <laughs> like... Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and then um, I met CVG at the PFA awards, and I'd never ever forget it. Um. I was on the VIP table next to him. Gerard was with Crouchy and all the other lads and he put his arm around me he said, listen, you're a big Liverpool fan. He goes, any time you want to come to Anfield, I'll look after you. And like every time I bumped into Stevie in the players bar, he was just an absolute like, um, gentleman. Him and Cara and became really good friends with, with um, random, everyone thinks this is, um, Sammy Hippier. Oh,
1: what a hero. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. I met, I met Sammy in a nightclub in London. He went to me he walked up to me and went, "Do you mind if you take a picture of my wife? She's a fan." I was like, "I went, are you take your pic?" So that that whole two years from two thousand and one, just meeting the players, starting to have their numbers in my phone, yeah. it was just crazy. As everyone knows, a long-term friend always used to invite me up. Him and his wife, we used to go in his box. Was Martin Skirtle? Skirt? Mm. It's me and Skirt are like like that, you know. I'm. Um, I've done a Beats by Dre deal with him. I've got him some um, headphones for the, for the, is it Slovakia, his country? I always get yeah, Slovakia. Yeah. Slovakia. He, um, at the time, I was an ambassador for Beats by Dre. He, we knew, um, we shared the same friend, and he, he rang me up, Martin, and said um can you get me some customised Slovakia headphones from Beats by Dre? And I remember literally, like, getting s- about 100 headphones delivered to Anfield <laughs> from Martin's goal. <girl>. Yeah. <laughs> And um, he kindly invited me in his in his box. It was the day that we played Southampton at Anfield and we drew one all. And funny enough, Sadio Mane scored for Southampton. <laughs> right yeah. at, at Anfield, which was absolutely <laughs> yeah. crazy. It's bizarre
1: looking back at that, isn't it? Wow. Fucking hell. Yeah.
2: So that was oh. that was crazy. And at the time that's when my um I think Klopp just started um, started to come to it was kind of Skirt's last year. And Scott said um, Skirt said to me, The training. The intensity, the levels that this guy guy expects, His said Skirt was like, I wish he came when I was younger to experience it because I think at the time yeah. he knew he was on on the on the way out to Turkey. Yeah,
1: absolutely, mate. And I, I, you know, uh, Stevie said the same thing, didn't he, when he was um, doing some training when he was coaching the uh, the under 23s He was the same, wasn't he? Was just like it was unbelievable uh, yeah. the way Klopp is. And we, you mentioned Stevie before, and obviously we all know what a great player he is. You know, fucking, hell. we could we could spend three hours talking about. Um, Stevie, as a minimum of three hours, could go all day, couldn't you? But obviously, during the period of 2001, he starts to, you know, lay his marker in that midfield. And then a couple of years later, he matures and he ends up lifting, you know, the all the big ears for, for Liverpool, number five in Istanbul. Yeah. Um,
2: mate, mate w- was you there for a start? Where was you when you watched it? Do you know, I was actually mad. I actually watched it at my dad's house. I was actually meant to fly out there with, um, with Spoonie to Istanbul. But um, work, work came up at the time because I said it was intense. So I couldn't get out there. But um, it was one of the, the greatest, probably one of the greatest nights of my life. Even more than I'd say the Madrid. Just because we came back from 3-0 down. And something that you think, look at that AC Milan team there. You, you know, Crespo, Maldini, Shevchenko, Nesta. I could carry on. Gattuso. So much great players. Italians don't give away a lot of goals in general. So I was like, "How?" I was like, "The game's over. This is the what? Wor- this is the most heartbreaking final I've ever watched in my whole life with Liverpool." And when we came back, I knew. I remember, I think Stevie G came out second half. He came out quite early, and I could see like he just had the, he just had something in his eyes. Like he, he, something said to me, "This ain't over." I don't know why it, his body language said that to me, but I think he just said, "Fuck it, we have got nothing to lose. Might as well just go for gold." And wow, what a night! I, I still could picture Kara. Running off after the penny he was saved by Jersey. He was like a ten-year-old running across the school playground, wasn't he? It was, wasn't
1: um, it? He, fucking, he, he fucking left Jersey, didn't he? He was. Everyone else was running to. He was like, "I'm fucking going finding me dad." But he completely
2: gone. And his family, as you know, Cara's family, had obviously. He's he's Mister Liverpool. Him and Stevie Gerard. So, like you said, all his family was in the stadium, and oh it was amazing, 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 amazing evening. Yeah, got a good relationship with that trophy, haven't we? Haven't we? Of course. This, uh, definitely. The, the The Champions League, not a mystery to us. The Premier League, <laughs> up until... <laughs> cool, blind, I've seen a lot of pain in my time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously, like we just touched on, the, the amazing night in Istanbul was number five. And then obviously, June 2019 in Madrid, we got number six. How special did that feel in comparison to Istanbul for you? I felt amazing because I'm sick of the Manx giving it Charlie Big
2: Nuts all the time. Do you know what I mean? So I thought, yeah, let's get another one and stick that in their face. So, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. That was a weird a weird final because I never thought at any point we were going to lose it. I wasn't nervous. It was, it was weird. It wasn't like, you know, you get like when we played Real Madrid the year before and I was like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen here? And I, feel, I felt that in the first half against Real Madrid, we played better than we did in the actual Champions League the second year. And we Kay. lost. Mm. I didn't. I didn't, We didn't play that great in the final, but um, I just thought we just got too much for them as a squad. Um, I, I thought they can't handle our pressing, and I thought I felt that Tottenham freezed Yeah. That day, and yeah, I was. It was a weird one. I knew we were going to win it. I just knew. I knew yeah, I just knew Tottenham didn't have the minerals. I, I yeah, just knew.
1: It's True. That. That. We won it in the semi, didn't we? In The semi-final, we we won it, didn't we? That's when we really, you know, we, and we technically didn't lift the trophy that day, but that's when you felt, yeah, we've got this now.
2: Awesome we final
0: unreal. The Real Madrid loss, obviously, like you just touched on there, Harvey was absolutely. It was devastating. But I think that gave us the platform for the year after. To then go. Oh, we cannot fucking lose this one. There's no. There's no, no chance we're going to lose this one. And as much as a probably one of the worst finals you can ever watch, 90 minutes wise in terms of action, there was nothing. Nothing happened. Apart from Allison making loads of saves, literally. And us, getting a penalty early on and, like, kind of sitting on it until it really gets a goal towards the end. There wasn't much in it, was there? It was such a... Like I said, it was a bizarre
2: final. It was not yeah, It definitely going to go down as one well of the greatest finals in history. <laughs> I'll tell you that much, but... Um, <laughs> it, it was just... Yeah, it was just a weird one, but I just... As the game kept going on, I thought, we could be out here all day. Tottenham are not going to turn us over. and uh, But luckily, Allison, you know, was Sharp, that's what you pay that money for. When you pay that type of money for a goalkeeper, um, you... When he you know, when you call upon him, you expect him to be on point. And as as we know, Tottenham got a great front line. I think that's the second probably the second best front three in the um, in the Premier League apart from us. Especially when Gareth Bell's gonna be ticking this year, they're gonna be an absolute problem. So um to keep Son, Kane, and their, you know, the the middle, which was powerful at the time, Deli Ali playing off Kane and whatnot was it, yeah, it was a big thing. A good good thing we stayed on point. And I, like I said, I knew, I knew we was going to win it. Tottenham, they just was too nervous. They, they haven't been there before. We've, we've been in that high pressure many times. At Liverpool, we never do things easy, do we? we love, That's a we, good point, mate. We love a comeback. So I'm used to having bad nerves in Liverpool. I've got no nails because of Liverpool. So, <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm fucking bald. And you're not wrong, well, all of us. I've just had a hair transplant, mate, so I'm not far behind you. It was a number.
0: I will do I will do. You know what? Yeah. I saw on your Instagram earlier,
1: and
2: I was like, Harvey
0: doesn't need a hair transplant, does he? I was like, sure, surely he's <laughs> alright. <laughs> the, front, the front of my hair was going, but no one
2: associated it because they think, oh, he's got he's got lots of hair. But obviously, I'm at home, I see my hair, it started to go go thin at the front. But luckily, I've addressed it. I got the transplant about five months ago, luckily before it um kicked in. And now it's like <laughs> being a new man. <laughs> My wife fancies me strange.
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at line,
2: The
1: same question.
0: <laughs> That's a brave man to admit that, Jeremy. Like it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit more, it's a bit, bit of a taboo subject. And then obviously, Wayne Rooney went through it, and it was kind of like at the time, it was like, what the fuck's Rooney doing? Getting his hair sorted, and then you can see it now. I think he was going bald, and now he's come back with a full mop.
2: But, <laughs> and Mane? If you noticed, I said the other day, I clocked it. I said Mane's had a transplant because I can see it, I can see the front of his hairline, I can see the hair growing back. But one of my one of my mates, who's very connected in the transplant world, went, yeah, man, he's he definitely had one, Martin. So <laughs> i was going, I was going, Sadio's gonna look 19 in about two months. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> fucking
1: hell. Uh, mate, I'm getting that number. I'm fucking getting mate, that Mate, listen, you here. get a
0: half price if you come through me too, so i look looking for you. Get that affiliate link <laughs> going. Absolutely. <You're> not wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Then Harvey, we'll, we'll, we'll fast forward a year later, and we finally ended the thirty-year wait. We had to go through a pandemic. We got that sexy trophy that Jay's got in his studio there, and we li- we lifted the elusive nineteenth title as a Liverpool fan. As a Liverpool fan, how did the feel going through all that and watching Henderson lift that trophy? out of the feel? It felt unbelievable, and naturally, when you know coronavirus
2: hit us, I said. Why does this have to, have, to, have to happen the year that we're <laughs> 25 points clear? And now we've got to have 100 days of football. And even with Gospel Truth, within that 100 days, I said, they're going to avoid the league. They're going to avoid it. And I, uh, I said, I'm going to wake up one morning, I'm going to see Sky Sports breaking news. And I said, there is no way they can do this. After the football that we played that season, unbelievable. Minus losing, you know, a couple of games, you know. We was absolutely unreal. And it was just so... I can't, I can't believe it's happened. In, it happened in the year that we won it. But when they restarted the Premier League, I was absolutely buzzing. And I feel for the boys because... I feel for the boys and I feel for the city. Because, as you know, Liverpool fans... Liverpool's a hard-working, honest town. Do you know what I mean? And they deserved that madness. They deserved to celebrate it with the players. They deserved to be in the stadium. And I think that's the only thing that's really hurt is the fact that, you know, about 10 of us was planning to come up for the last game and, you know, just go on the piss in Liverpool and just be on the streets with the fans and just enjoy it. So that's the only thing that's a bit of a downer, that we had to sit in our houses. I had to sit in my houses, you know, with, with 10 temperonies and get drunk by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was amazing. It's amazing. And, we, and we've done it. And, it ain't, and let me tell you something right now. We're a problem again this year. We're a problem.
0: Yeah. On the yeah, weekend, think, mate. I think, like you said, it's it, last year. It was it was a case of us just being far too good at every aspect of the game for anyone else to even deal with. And I think I looked at earlier today. I looked at the predictions of some of the pundits for this year, and it made me absolutely laugh because it's like City have lost five two to Leicester last week. That's right. And you've got like Chris Waddle saying uh, Man United are going to finish top the league. It's like. Chris Waddle, what, what are you smoking, mate? Jesus Christ. I ain't got a clue. Listen, whatever gandery he's smoking, mate, he needs to stop smoking it. Because
2: <laughs> you know in you know Liverpool, people like to hate us. You know, they, 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 they hated that we won the league. You know, they, people are, you know, they're very jealous that we look like we can dominate for the next three to five years. You know? Um, and they know that with Klopp's philosophy, the whole way he, he creates a team. It ain't just about one player. And I didn't panic, you know. Everyone was going, he hasn't signed no players. He hasn't done this. And Chelsea were very active in the market. You know, spent a lot of money. City is a no-brainer because, they, you know, they got stupid funds. So we knew that City was going to buy But what people don't realise, what I agreed with, what Klopp said, why is everyone in England so obsessed with buying players? Do you not yeah. understand that? If you work with the same squad, adding just a few additions here and there, they understand each other inside out. They know every move. They know who's going to make that run. They know each other. They've played with each other, these boys now, for nearly three years, solidly. So, that is the difference. Look at Chelsea. Went to Stamford Bridge the other day. It was like a kickball session. So easy for Liverpool. You know? Minus a few little attacks ahead. But that shows we look like a team that's played together for three years and they look like a team that has new sign-ins and is very disjointed. And it doesn't mean that just because you spent spent £100 in the market or whatever it is that they've spent, that a team's necessarily going to gel and... Just go on to fly and win the league. No, like I said, it's about team spirit. It's about knowing the players that you're playing with. And Liverpool do, they do, because like I said, they've been solid for the last three years. Minus adding Van Dijk to the equation. Allison, we pay for the, quali- the quality this year. Thiago, who's going to be a legend, and Young Jutta. great investment. He Klopp doesn't just buy for the sake of buying. Yeah, uh, do you know what I mean? I do believe we need a centre off, another centre half. Yeah, but. That's my point. I would, love, I would have loved to have seen Kula Bali at Liverpool. Um, just so for Great player. Great
1: player.
2: Yeah, just for the away game sometimes when you go mm. Palace away, Burnley away. Sometimes you just need two bigs. Virgil having someone big next to him. Where I yeah. feel that Joe's a bit more of an athlete. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, makes sense, mate. Yeah, it does. It yeah. makes perfect sense. So, yeah. that's, my, that's probably my only like, oh, yeah, we could have got a bit of a, a grittier centre-half. But, um... The future's bright for Liverpool, mate. is is, is very bright. The, the, the midfield's superb. Um, the front three's a no-brainer. Now we've added Jota and Minamino to the equation. And Thiago, you've seen what he'd done in one half against Chelsea. Yeah. 75 passes. Like it's nothing. He wasn't even looking at some of them balls he was switching. <laughs> <and sorry. laughs> well, yeah, I, I was like, yeah. what is, What am I? And the guy's never even played in the team. He signed on a Friday, travelled on a Saturday, played on a Sunday. I was like... That's what you're Looking paying real. for. That's what yeah. world that's what world class players do. They adapt straight away.
0: Correct, mate. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's telling, isn't it? Because like you said, like Chelsea went out and you were buying all these players, Havertz, Werner, who we were closely linked with, who most Liverpool fans, me and Jay included, obviously thought we were gonna sign. And it, so, it, right. it, it was disappointing. it was disappointing at the time, but you think, well, if it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen. And if Klopp wanted this guy, you would have probably got him. That's the, that's the bottom line, really. Correct. But I just want to get your opinion on, obviously, Jürgen Klopp. He's, in my opinion, he's an absolute genius. Like, I know Arteta came out after the um, after we beat them, saying, like, we've been together five years. They've been together for, like, however months. And it's, it's a long process. They want to be where we are. And it's like, we are now at the pinnacle where everyone thinks that we're the team to beat. And it's such a great feeling, isn't it? And when you look at the numbers, like I look today, like we've spent just over five hundred million in, in total in transfers in five years. Yeah. And you look at Pep Guardiola; he spent four hundred million just on defenders. It's like <laughs> who's, who's doing the recruitment right? The only people that have stayed at that club is Walker and Laporte. And That's Laporte right. And, and it's like, it, what 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 do you make here in Clark and how much how, how much good he's done for the club?
2: The guy's a genius and I was a big fan of him when he was at Borussia Dortmund because that Borussia Dortmund team that he had, wow, what a team. And I remember watching him, I was like, this team plays with so much intensity. Um, When they attack, they attack with purpose. And I I noticed that every player in their team at the time, they were just athletes and he demanded so much, literally, from, from this team. And at the time, like I said, Borussia Dortmund were hitting heights that they shouldn't really be hitting because Bayern Munich, as we know, dominated German football. Um, so, when I when Klopp came about, I knew about him from German football. And I knew he was a genius. But when he actually got to Liverpool, the way he man- manages the players, the the spirit, the togetherness he's brought back to Liverpool, um, the way he carries himself, um, how loyal he is to his players. And also, he doesn't take shit off his own players. It's his way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just think he's a great... Anyone could be a manager and have all these great resources of great finances and a great chairman. But at the same time, you still have to to manage your players and get the best out of them. And I've never ever looked at a Liverpool player in the last three years and gone, "He looks really unhappy at Liverpool. He What's looks really, man? really sad." And that's honest because problems do happen on the training park. Not everyone's gonna like a manager, but just the way he treats the players and the way you can see by the way they hug him, they they play for him. The day Liverpool's players stop playing for Jurgen Klopp is the day he's got to leave because every every player plays plays for plays for Klopp and. Not just the world-class players. He's turned players with great potential into now world-class players. Andy Robertson. Trent. You're like, we now have the two best fullbacks in the world. Unbelievable. So, he's got an eye for a player. I also like the way that he doesn't rush players when he signs them to play straight away. He lets, because he knows that they've got to get used to the intensity that we play with. They've got to get used to the formation. If you look at Jota on Monday... You can see he was lost in, in moments just trying to find where he's meant to play along the front three. And you can see that that's going to come with time. Great player, Jota. But he's got to learn that system. It's not an easy system to play. And like I said, unless you're an athlete, or well you can close down, you don't fit, flit, fit in Klopp's plans. <laughs> you're out of there. Um, yeah,
0: it's he's, um,
2: the, the guy's a genius. The guy's an absolute genius. He's my hero. In Klopp, we trust.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, I couldn't say any better honestly should we send it there don't fucking try and top that Mick
1: don't even really try
0: and top that move on to the um, next question yeah. no for me like you touched on there Harvey there's so many players he's turned to absolute dynamite and even for me like the Sadio Mane we signed him at 34 million if you if you type in Sadio Mane signed to Liverpool on Twitter and you find the, the actual tweet that Sky Sports tweeted Sadio Mane signed Liverpool it's a load of comments going Who's this guy? He's a waste of money. He's not going to be any good. He's a overhyped Henrik Mikatarian. And it's like, you look back now, like six four years on, and it's like, he's probably one of the best players in the world. And that is down to Jürgen Klopp and the way he manages players. And he, he just, he knows how to get the best out of them. And I, I just want to give him a hug. I honestly just want to give him a <laughs> Literally. hug. Literally. The guy's a genius. Sadio, and I find that quite
2: um, funny that that fan said that because I remember watching him at Salzburg. I mean, they always produce good players. Very, they always produce good good African players too. And then at Southampton, he always gave us problems when we played against him. Always, they destroyed us one time at Saint Mary's, he, and he just absolutely took the Mick out of us. So for me to find that, I thought when we signed him, I said number one, like I said, it's a bargain. That's what I thought, and it's a no-brainer. The guys. Rapid as they come. The quickest feet you've ever seen. He attacks with purpose. He's strong. He's fearless. So, I think that at the time, he wasn't such a big name in world football. And I think that's where Liverpool fans panicked. Oh, who is he? Like I said, he's come from Southampton. And that was the year of flop transfers. Like you said, Mkhitaryan going to Man United. I can't remember if Sanchez signed that year to Arsenal. But all these players didn't hit their potential at these clubs. Yeah. So, naturally, that was probably a chain of events going, oh, gosh, what have we signed now? Do you know what I mean? He, just for example, we haven't signed Pedro, who was <laughs> hot at the time. Just for example. And then, but I knew. I remember when he scored in the first game of pre-season. I think we played Tramir or someone in pre-season. I can't remember who it was. And I said, "Yeah." and Liverpool fans was like, wow, how sharp is this guy? And the rest is history. Especially in particular last year, everyone was on to Mo from the season that he had before. So a lot of yeah. people was onto him. Fullbacks were closing him down early, getting under his skin. Who I'm um, turned up in all the big moments? I'd say, last year, Genie and yeah. Mane. Yeah. Two, two, they took responsibility and they said, you know what? We're going to take charge now. We're going to take responsibility of Liverpool on our shoulders. And they certainly did. They did, mate. And with that, obviously, talking about Sadio Mane, we had, uh,
1: we had a question from uh, Pauline Ronan on Instagram. We wanted to ask you Who's your current favourite player in this, L- in this LFC team? I know it's difficult, but can you pick one?
2: Are you ready for this? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say this because I have to be biased to the position that I played in when I was a pro. Andy Robertson. Yeah, you're left-footed as well, mate. Yes, yes I'm a left-footer, so better. it's easy to say Virgil. It's easy to say Sadio. It's easy to say um, Mo, but it's easy to say Fab. But you got. I like the journey of Andy Robertson. The fact that he started in Scotland, got rejected by clubs. And I remember I was good friends with Fraser Campbell. So I used to go and watch Cole play quite a lot. And I've seen him play many times. And I said, who is this left back? I said to Fraser one time. I met Fraser, who's this? I said, this kid's on drugs. He don't stop running. <laughs> I, said, I said, who's got speed in his drink? <laughs> <laughs> and Fraser Campbell said to me, Half. I'm telling you, he's the next one. And I said, I have no doubts. I was, I, I was attacking fullback myself. He said, he's the next one. I'm telling you, he went to me. Next couple of years, he went, he's going to go to a big club. And I went, oh, steady on there, Fraser. Do you know what I mean? He might have just had one good game. And now look. <laughs> now, now look. As I bought, as I bought his book yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I love Robo. Yeah, and I love Rob. Do you know what I love about Robo? That he don't respect no fucker. Yeah, and I, and I love that's what I love about him. He's a warrior. He, I love it that he gave Messi a little dig in the back of his head. Told Suarez to do one. He's a mad yeah. Scotsman. I keep yeah. look little rubber. Good point, mate.
0: Yeah, we've got we've got another quick one that I already sent to you earlier. Steve Buckley asks, can you recite your 21 seconds verse and incorporate <laughs> the current the current the current club squad into it? Oh, but, but, oh my God! To do my to do
2: the whole squad, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. how do you even yeah. do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, could maybe. A, I could do more of a freestyle. <laughs> I could do a little while trying to do as much of as um, much of as I can. Yeah. So I can say something like, "We got American owners. It's not like Wimbledon's old chairman Sam Herman. Now we've got Alisson in the goal, Mane, Salah, definitely better than Zidane." <laughs> Loving that, mate. Loving that. We all, got, we all got sad when we sold Coutinho. But there's something the world wants you to know. There's only one Firminio. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's stupid off the top of my super head.
1: mate. But, love it. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, what, what we'll do for Steve Bunker then, we'll get you back on, because you're going to be a regular on this show now, mate. We'll get you back Definitely, on. mate. And mate, then you can up.
0: do it again, so. Definitely. I just want to move on slightly to... We'll move on to your career. And I know you're probably sick to death of answering questions about 21 seconds. But it's absolutely iconic. And did you know it was going to be a major hit when you were making it? No, not as big as it was. Um, I knew that what we was doing
2: was special. I knew it was special. When I was in the the studio, because a lot of us have grown up together, when I was in the studio with the boys, I said... This has never been been done before. Um, the only visuals you've seen of like what you would call a kind of gangster rap route would come from America, Wu Tang Clan. You'd only associate gangster rap and seeing rappers in you know driving fancy cars, you know the jewelry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd only see that in American videos. So when they, when um we actually formulated the fan the the video uh, the plan for making 21 seconds, I knew that we were streets ahead of everyone else because. People don't realise, we ripped that treatment. The director didn't write the video treatment. We knew how we wanted to be introduced. We also turned down a £2 million deal from Sony because they wanted to change the production on 21 seconds. People didn't know that. And we okay. went to them. Yeah, we went, no, we're all right, mate. Went down the road, signed a cheaper deal for 250,000. People in the music industry thought we was absolutely mental. They just t- turned down 2 million, signed a deal for a quarter of a million. And now, now who's laughing? Uh, probably one of the biggest singles this country's ever had. Urban single, no period, is the biggest single. This um, urban single that this country's ever had. It's iconic. Did I know that their single was going to go on to sell um, a million singles, as well as the album selling over nearly five million? No, my change, my life changed within six months to a year. Just went from a guy just playing a decent level of football to now being a pop star. Of course, because you're 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 at, you at Chelsea for a long time, wasn't you, as a as a schoolboy? So I was at I was at Chelsea as a kid. So that's how a lot of us know each other. That's why all the players that are playing that well, they're managers now because I'm forty one. But um, <laughs> you know, my age group, my area. This is my area. This was my district team, and people I played against: Clinton Morrison, Sean Davis, Rio Ferdinand, Jermaine Pennant. These are all my boys. We've all grown up together. These these were the level of players that I was playing around. So at the time Pennant played for Arsenal, Rio played for West Ham, Clinton played, played for Palace. So um after I left Um Chelsea, I went on obviously to Barnet. that's where I've done my pro. And then I've literally obviously held down a good career in the non League circuit. Like I said, I've always played in the conference all my life. That's where I was very comfortable. Between the yeah. conference and league two, that level was no problem, problem at all to me. So um between Barnet, AFC, Wimbledon, um and Lewis, who I played for. That was my like three greatest seasons in football. AFC Wimbledon was unreal. Un- like, it was like being at a pro club. You see the fans that we had, you know? We was getting 5,000 home- at home games. You go and play in the Derby, 7,000. You know, it was almost like being at a pro club, and it's probably two of the best seasons that I've, that I've ever had, it was at AFC Wimbledon. So, shout out all my old teammates. And to see them in the Football League now, I was a part of that journey, because. When I was with them, we got promoted twice.
0: Super, mate. Love it. Yeah, love that. Yeah, and I mean, you probably just answered it, but like, if we, if we fly back to two thousand one, I was a twelve year old kid. Probably shouldn't have been listening twenty one seconds as it is, really, <laughs> but it was. Like, how how proud are you of it? Like now that you look back. I I appreciate it now that I'm older and I can share it with my kids
2: and. My mum used to do. My mum used to do scrapbooks. So I can actually look at all my memories. And the other day, I converted all my uh, camcorder tapes. If you can remember the old camcorders, I absolutely. Converted to, I converted them to, DV, to DVD. And I'm talking. It's over twenty hours of footage of my career. And it was so emotional watching it. With my wife going, "Oh my gosh!" I almost forget I've done so much. Yeah. I, like yeah. It, I think, wow. And this, these, it's just a memory. They're just memories now. It was. Unbelievable. I, I, but like I said, when I was in the moment at the time, I didn't appreciate it because, as you know, there was so much drama. There was the price of success. You know, a lot of us went through different situations. You know, I, I had a big story which was national news. Uh, some of the boys went to jail. You know, there was so much negativity. It was a bit like this, you know, the, the straight out of Compton NWA story. Yeah. You know, and there just so much going on. So because there was so much, if I try, you're probably watching it and going, wow. These boys are great, but I probably associate them days with some of the most stressful times of my life. And yeah. now that I'm older, now I sit back and I think, wow, what an opportunity that that God gave me. The second yeah. best thing from not being a professional footballer anymore, being a being a being a star in music. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't I didn't
1: do too bad. It didn't mate, and then you fucking sat down having a beer with fucking Cara and Gerard and Martin Skirtle and Johnny Barnes. Live my and dream. Live
2: my dream. So like it was um, to see all them players come up to me and know me, that was like, what is going on? Did, did these guys not realize I had them all in my panini book? They're all gonna laugh when they see this. <laughs> yeah, God. they're all gonna piss themselves laughing, especially Barnesy. <laughs> especially especially is watching, yeah, because I, I interviewed Barnes for my podcast about three months ago during quarantine, right. and um, uh, me and him we always rip the shit out of each other. Barnesy's all like, Harvey, oh, you keep calling me old and uncle. He goes, you're nearly <laughs> as old as me. I went, are you? <laughs> Barnsley, are you sure? You're about sixty nine, and I'm not talking about the sexual position. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that. brilliant, brilliant, mate. Right. Oh, okay. I'm just going to ask a question that uh, it, it's not in my script. But I'm just going to ask anyway. How did those many fellas come together to make a band? Like, I know it was like at the time, it was like, why are these so, so many people doing this in in, in one in one group? And how is it possible? How, how did it all come about?
2: How bizarre. It's so crazy that you said that. So we all got musical backgrounds. So Battersea, where we're all from, Battersea, Clapham Junction, it all links up in a weird way. So Mega Man's dad was in a famous um, reggae, reggae crew. My dad was then a reggae singer. Romeo's uncle was the guy that used to produce drum, provide all the equipment for the area. So we all had music in us, but everyone was like, Junior Harvey, which everyone knew me as, he plays football, he's not interested. We know that he can rap, but there's no way he's leaving football to come and rap in the streets, do you know what I mean? So, mm. And when it all linked up and came together, we've all got loads of history. Like, my mum was the woman that ran the, ran the youth club, so my mum knows everyone, so she's raised half of the boys in her youth club. She knew them when they was all little shits and little criminals, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <it's> like, <laughs> It's like an amazing journey. It's like a fact that like most of us have known each other since five years old, five years old, ten years old. Me and Romeo went same secondary school. Me and Mega was like the, the local bad boy. I, I didn't even like him back in the day. If I could be quite honest with you, before he was a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I turn around and I go, it's my brother. Like I love him. Do you know what I mean? I do anything yeah. for him. It's, it's so bizarre. Like we always laugh, but um, it was just organic. It was. It was God's plan. It was it was a plan that He had written for all of us. A plan that we didn't have a clue about. So, what was clever about the actual record deal? The record deal was actually Mega Man's deal. And what he said to the label, he said to the label, "I don't want to come out as a solo artist. Like he goes, I've got nine other people that are stars, and I need everyone to look at these people in one go. So, can you imagine our manager Albert Samuel's Jewish guy, like lovely guy, going?" He, he's behind, he was the manager of Atomic Kitten and Boyzone. So can you imagine him going, now, how the fuck are you going to fit nine people on one song? <laughs> <laughs> are you all right? In three and a half minutes? And then you're saying that you, got, you want to introduce nine people as stars to the general public?
1: Yeah. I don't know how you're going to
2: do that. Megan said to him, hold tight. Don't worry about it. Make sure I get okay. a phone call. I'm playing for Aldershot at the time. I got sent on loan to Aldershot. I'm on the way back from training. Mega, Mega Man rings me. Harvey, can you come to EMI Studios in the West End? I said, mate, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> he said, didn't I didn't know, that's normal in music now, starting studio at that time. Yeah,
1: true.
2: So he went, yeah, we're there till 3 o'clock in the morning. All right, no problem. Went in there, I literally ripped my verse in the studio. At the time, Romeo was in the studio, Ashley Waters, obviously you know too. And I started rapping my lyric, and one of the boys had a stopwatch. And they've gone, stop. When I've gone, when I'm on a high, when I'm on a low. And I went. So I started arguing with one of the boys. Well, that doesn't make sense because that doesn't sound like my lyrics are meant to end. It feels like there's meant to be more. But they made me stop on 21 seconds. And it was like, that's it, that's perfect. That's perfect. No, like, it's not fucking perfect. It sounds like it's an uneven bar. You know, you know how music's written. Yeah, yeah. They said Meg's like, trust me, hard. Well done, you can go home. Okay. Remember, fast forward, six weeks later, we go and sit in a meeting room, all of us, and then they played the song. And I just went, wow. This boy is an absolute genius. Wow. Nine members, 21 seconds. You can now get us on a four-minute edit, which is is what you need for your song to legally be played on radio. Mm. And as soon as that record came out, that's when all the record labels... It was a bit like England selection. All the record labels going, Whoa, Harvey, I'll take him. Oh, I'll take Romeo. Oh, I'll take Lisa Mafia. I'll take Ashley yeah. Waters. And then after the single came out, you got to realise that six of us signed solo deals for half a million pounds each. Wow. That it. So the whole process of what Mega created at that time was so clever. He now owns so solid recordings. So he's getting 10% of each of our deals. <laughs> I said to him, now that I'm a businessman now, and I control my own shit, I went to him, you smart fucker. <laughs> yeah. I went, you gave it like you was giving away your record deal, but really, he's profited more. Because yeah. if you're getting, I don't know, 35 grand off each member, that's signing for a quarter of a million.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's yeah, man, dog, but... Oh, big time. But what I loved about it, um, was what you said there is about there's nine people, but everyone can contribute. And, you know, eyebrows were raised of how many people were in the band at the time. And I, when, when you hit the music scene, mate, I was, I was 16 and I'm a big fan of heavy metal. And one of my favourite bands is Slipknot and they've got nine members as well. And people question about that as how can it work. But if everybody brings something
2: to the table, you can create a masterpiece. There and you that's go. essentially yeah. what you did. Do you know how bizarre that is that you mentioned Slipknot? Go on. I I go to Norway to do promo for So Solid in 2006, 7. I'm in a book my my tour manager bumps into another tour manager. They just start having having a chat. He's sitting with how many how many is in Slipknot? Four of them. Isn't nine there? nine. I was in nine. Oh yeah, including yeah. the band, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next you know, I go up to my hotel room, That my man tour manager goes, come downstairs, have a drink with these guys, they're on here, they're touring to having a beer with these guys. Just having a chat, lovely dudes. So man, what's the name of your group, man? The guy's like, yeah, Slipknot. But I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? So I was basically talking to two of the leaders Cause... on Slipknot. But obviously, they ain't got their mask on, have they? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, and <laughs> I've gone. Fucking hell. No, I met them in Norway. How weird is all, all the groups that you mentioned. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, they want to be fair. You're probably talking to Corey Taylor,
1: who's a fucking mate,
2: lead, like legend. And that was my bizarre, my bizarre memory of them. Crazy.
0: So, Avi, we just want to get your your thoughts on who your favourite rap grime artist is these days. I mean, there's loads out there. There's Dave, there's Stormzy, there's Wretch 32, there's Getz, and obviously there's j m e and Skep that I don't know you've worked with. Who would you say is your number one in terms of who's producing oh, the best ballsy? Man, this is so tough because Wretch and Stormzy are like literally like brothers to me.
2: I love obviously Stormzy. I've got to be biased too because Stormzy comes from my area and he went to school with my brother, so. And he's like, I love that kid. I'm so proud of him. I, I'm going to say Stormzy, just because of current times. But I wouldn't put Getz and Sceptre in that because they're still kind of now old school. They're kind of a bit older. You could put them in the same genre as them artists, but I believe that Skeptors and Getz and Wretches are pioneers for the Daves, the Stormzies, yeah. and the AJ Tracys and all the new kids. But yeah. I get the genre why you put them together. So cause I'm going to do with current times. Yeah, I've got to do with my, my bro, man, Stormzy, man, Big Mike. <laughs> big Mike. <laughs>
0: yeah, I could, I could have said a load more, but I just wanted to keep it nice and. Concise. Yeah, like you,
2: you pick the elites. It's not playing naming championship ones, is there? You have got to name the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't, I
0: don't, I don't really mess with championship artists <laughs> when you come from the Premier League. Yeah. Well, it was my list. I'm gonna throw Devlin in there and all kinds of. See, Dev's other... <laughs> a
2: big one to miss
0: out though. Uh, Debs,
2: if you're watching this, mate, it wasn't my fault. It was this fella right
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> you will follow me. They were my mates. He's on my favourites, but I left them out because I thought <laughs> he might not be, he or not make your top five. But there Dave's we go. There's is sick, though. Uh, he's sick. <laughs> wicked artist. Great guy. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll crack on. Uh, and we obviously, I've, I've seen a lot about your upcoming charity match that you've set up that will benefit a lot of charities and organisations. Harvey's All Stars versus Mar- Marlon Herwood's All Stars. And I've seen, is it true Wes Brown and Anton Ferdinand already confirmed? So, I, so ed, ed, any
2: player that you're seeing announced, uh, that are getting announced on me and Marlon's Instagrams, is who, who's confirmed. So they, they, you know, they get offers. They, got off, they get offers from my agent and Marlon's agent. And then once they confirm, we can announce. Anyone that you've seen so far. Have you seen who Marlon's just announced 20 minutes ago? No. no Stillian Petrov. Come
0: in. <laughs>
2: Say <laughs> so, right, hello. So, so hello. hello Are you going to show them how you sing the song How does it go There's something that the cop want you to know The best okay. in the world Is Bobby Formigno <laughs> And number nine Give him the ball Score every time How does it go See, si, Señor Give the ball to Score! a let's see, 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 right, <laughs> Harvey, how old,
1: how old is she? She, she's three, she's three in two weeks. Oh mate, I've yeah. got uh, m- my my lad's nearly three, and mate, that's just oh, that's melting me out,
2: man. That's all. Awesome. You know, mate, you know, it's, it's the best, awesome. it's, it's the best feeling. You know how your kids can make you feel. Do you know what I mean yeah. and. They've all got their Liverpool kits, man, and then my son's got his Liverpool baby girl because my son's one one and four months, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a big part. It's weird because yeah. my missus is from Wolves, right? So, but we don't mind. Um, she supports Wolves, obviously, but I don't mind Wolves. I don't mind, and I, I like that she Very supports cool. a, a homegrown team. She's not a glory hunter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, so she doesn't get she does get a bit pissed off because she's outnumbered with Red in the house. <laughs> like, there's a little Liverpool scarf for my son's cot. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's love everywhere. It, man.
1: Love it. It's everywhere. Yeah. But it's nice still having that connection with your kids, is it? Because obviously it, it's you know when you put them in the first Liverpool kit and you have that photograph and moments like that you can share with your daughter it's just it's incredible, mate. And I, I just love that. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Oh, any time, any time, mate. And
2: she, awesome. mate, she she's built for TV. <laughs> she, she comes she comes to photo shoots. With, she came to a photo shoot with me in um December just gone. I fought MMA. And she came to a photo shoot with me. She was literally there, just on the camera, like doing the poses. And I was like, "My miss had to drag her off the set." So, <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! He said, "How oh, old?" said, "Mate, she's two years old. She she does not, as you can see, she doesn't lack confidence." <laughs> no, absolutely not, mate. Get her <laughs> on the get her on the pitch for your uh, your charity, mate. For You're not wrong, right, mate. Football. You're
1: not yeah, wrong. Yeah, be good. <laughs> but um, obviously, we want to make sure that we, we help promote it, mate, and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know. It's, it's a great cause, but you know, do you want to tell us a bit about the game, about where it's being held and, and, and all that sort of stuff?
2: Of course, yep, so the game's being held up at Dorking Wanderers Football Club. I'm a host of ex-legends that everyone would know from when we when we, when we was youngsters coming to grace us that day. Um, the charities of Feed the Homeless, Dom's Food Mission. So, um, you know, you're just trying to give back in these, in such cold times that we're living in right now. Um, we're just waiting for clearance to see if we can have up to 400 fans because um, obviously with non-league stadiums, they, they're letting certain fans in at different tiers. Mm. So hopefully we can get, get some fans in. But it was just kind of me sitting there and me and Marlon brainstorming going, how can we generate money for charities if we don't have the fans? Yeah. And luckily, you know, we got um, a company called Glossop Caravans, um, very good friend of mine, and Dom's Food Mission that came in with the support and also the sponsorship side of things, who threw a bit of money at us. So it, it was just nice. You know, just, just, especially like I said, it's now very hard to ask people for money <laughs> mm, in, yes. these, in these current times to, to do them kind of things. You, you understand, everyone's like going through different struggles and different financial issues, you know, nothing's mm. guaranteed. And um, I thought to myself, I, one of my friends said it to me the other day, because it was my idea, he said, mate, he goes, in the darkest of times, you can always pull out some happy moment for people. And I said, that's me because I was sitting at home and I don't feel sorry for myself. And mm. I go... This is the situation that we're in right now. The whole world's in this situation. So stop fucking sitting there and sulking. And let's start yeah. brainstorming and seeing what we can do. What makes people happy? What makes people feel free? Running around on a football pitch. takes yeah. For that 90 minutes, takes, all that stress is gone. You know? Yeah. And I thought, what's going to be better than all the ex-pros reuniting, which is good. So many players are excited to see each other again. Mm. You know? And having a big piss-up after, just with the lads. What else? How they don't get any better? You know, yeah. so um, we're, we're definitely gonna keep this going. Um, we're gonna grow it. We're currently speaking to Real Madrid legends at the moment about going over there, and um, naturally, I want to play Liverpool legends. So if anyone from the Liverpool Legends team is watching this, give me a call, DM me, and we can get this game, this game on. We can get it on. Yeah, I love uh, that, mate. Love that. Game I Love I've to been. see it.
1: That'd be brilliant.
2: Like I said, I've always wanted to do it. Do a Legends game as. I don't know if you don't know, I scored at Anfield Live on Sky in 2005. for the tsunami You did, came. you did. Yeah, yeah. You did. yeah I, remember. So, I remember. That was the greatest moment of my life. Do you know I dreamed that night? I, I was in the bar and um a couple of the boys went out in Liverpool. And I went, and a couple of the players too was asking me to come out and I was like ex, ex players and I was like, I'm not going out, mate. I said, I'm playing at Anfield. <laughs> and me and my cousin stayed in the bar and I had literally had two Guinnesses and I went, I went to bed. And I dreamt about this moment. And one thing I said in the back of my head, I remember when we got to the game, Harry Redknapp said to me, Harvey, you still play, you're fit, and these guys are scared of you. He went, and I went, and then he went, I said, who's scared of me? And he went, Alan Hansen. I said, Alan Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, so I went, he goes, they're all legends, but they can't run no more. You know what (laughs) what I mean? (laughs) And And I remember, I said, Alan Hansen and Bruce Grobbler, like, having banter with me, and Alan Hansen was talking to me on, like, on the halfway line, going, you better slow down, you. I've heard about you. <laughs> and I remember, literally, I literally remember it. Jason McAteer, another good friend of mine, took a bad touch on, on the halfway line, um, and that's very unlike Jason McAteer, to take a yeah. bad touch. Yeah, He took a bad touch. I took it off him, and as I've toe-poked it off him, I'm facing the copping, and I remember Alan Hansen come towards me, absolutely shitting himself, because he knows how rapid I am. Yeah, and I've literally just gone, boom, around here, <laughs> And when I've looked like this, it's 40,000 people live on Sky 1 at Anfield. I've looked around like this, and I've gone, oh, fuck, I'm coming through. <laughs> 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 and then Brucey boy, the lead gobbler, has actually started doing the legs to me as I'm coming through. And I'm going, it was so surreal. It was actually like, I was having a dream yeah. in my bed. Yeah. And, um, and I remember it. I hit it, and I knew I hit it well. And I, and I remember Bruce, he going like this. And he didn't move. And he's right in the bottom corner. And I was like, literally, that night, I was in a hotel in Liverpool. We, we had a big piss-up. And I remember 2 o'clock in the morning with Ian Rush, Jan Mulby, standing on the table, drunk, <laughs> singing all Liverpool songs, going, what the hell is going on here? Um, like, two of my two of my heroes. And I was in my room at night-time, ordering some room service, pissed out my face. And um, when I... The, the room service guy got to my room and I said to him, I said, how much, mate? As I was stumbling out the door, I said, how much? And he went to me, when you score at Anfield, mate, you don't pay for nothing. Have a good day, Harvey. I <laughs> walked off. I went, Ooh. so I went, is this what Stevie Gerrard gets every week? The freedom of the <laughs> sea. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: wow. They, they treated me like Stevie G for one night. Then it was back to Super. reality.
1: Oh, yeah. fucking hell, mate. That is a dream, man. Yeah, I'll never forget hell.
2: it. I could take Jeez. it to my grave. Yeah, man. We need, we're going to try and find that goal. You know what's bizarre about this goal? I've got the videotape somewhere buried, and I've been trying to find it, and it's weird. It's, you can find any game that was yeah. on Sky. I just can't find these archives. And what's also bizarre, when I scored that day, England were playing Azerbaijan on a Wednesday, and because Alan, remember Alan Hansen used to do commentary for BBC on Match of the Day? Gary yeah. took the piss out of him on Match of the Day and he said, <laughs> look what Harvey's done to you. And then the again on Match of the Day, I was like this. So, someone's got that footage. Whoever, If you don't find that footage, mate,
0: I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a bloody gold medal, mate. Just touched on absolutely loads of legends there, and the final question we ask all our guests, obviously this is a new, a new um, show on the channel called Famous Fans, but we're going to ask you anyway. If you had to pick the best five-a-side Liverpool team that you've ever seen, who would you pick? Right.
2: Oh, God. I'm going to play two up top, one in the middle. Oh, this is tough. I've got five. All right. Stevie in centre midfield. Yeah. Fernando up front. El Nino up front. Legend. Um I I would have said Suarez at one point, but I didn't like the way he went on it when he played against Barcelona for us. I thought he didn't even act like he loved the club, you know what I mean? I was like, mm. you bastard. So I'm gonna say El Nino up front, Torres, Gerard, and Jan Moby. Because Jan was a ledge and people don't realise one of the best ball players, but the young kids wouldn't get it, they wouldn't get it. And at the back, Virgil and Alan Hansen. In goal, Brucey boy, grabbler. I got on, it. Mate. Love that. Love I got that. It. I could but... say jersey, but Bruce was a legend, man.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So was. I kept it very old school, with a bit of Gerard and Torres from from modern times. But you gotta give the oh, you gotta give the players before, way before them players the respect they deserved because they were championship winning players. Some of them players, and obviously I love Virgil, man. Virgil's the Mr. Cool. Yeah. Oh mate, it's changed
0: everything, hasn't it? Mr. Old I think Virgil could have played in any era, couldn't he? And done well. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. But um, if you if you compare that to some of the ones we've had, Jay, like we've had Eric Meyer with like a Ronaldo up front, who he's played yeah. with, Bolo Zenden, who's played with pretty much everyone, it seems like. Actually, that yeah. is that, that that is up there. So it's a, it's a
1: tough one to beat that, but um, you know, surprise me, mate. No Robbie
2: Fowler in that a side team. Do you know what? It's a weird one because, obviously, Robbie's, Robbie's the god, but El Nino had such an em- impact on me, man, Torres. I don't know. It was like, I was obsessed with him anyway when he played for a Madrid.
0: Yeah.
2: And I always call him a Spanish scouser because he loved Liverpool. Yeah. I don't know. Till this day, I always, go, I always go, what the hell made you go to Chelsea? Did your agent, was your agent... I don't know. Is your agent? I don't know. Having an affair with Abramovich. What made you go there? You know, like I don't. It was bizarre because if he stayed there for his whole duration until he got old, he would have been. A, he would have been a king. He was yeah. adored. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing. But I loved him. What
0: a finisher he was, man. I just, I just loved. I loved him. Wasn't
2: well,
0: he? I think it's starting to now hit home when players are leaving. Like you said, Harvey the Torres, as the Coutinho's. You think they're leaving? The bet, the green, the grass is always greener, and they're starting to realise it's not always fucking greener. You you love the, when you come to this club and you give your all and you do the business. You are loved more than any other club that you will go to in the world, and I think it's starting to re, they're starting to realise now that if I've been asked a few times, what happens if Sadio Mani leaves? What happens if Motel leaves? What happens if Firmino leaves? It's like, well, I think they know now. People that have gone before them, like the likes of Torres and the likes of Suarez and the likes of Coutinho. That if they leave, it's not quite the same love they're gonna get, and I think they miss it deep down, and I think that resonates a lot with with these current players, and I think that's why we'll be able to keep them around for a longer time than we usually would. I think that's uh, a good way to end for this for this first episode of Famous Fans. We've obviously been delighted to be joined by Harvey. He's what a, what a great guest. We could have talked for four hours there. I don't know how long it was. I've lost track how long it was, but it could have, could have been four or five hours. It could have been any, but it felt like 10 minutes to me. And I, I obviously, growing up as a as a young kid, I admired what you were doing in, in oh, the scene. I appreciate scene. that. The, Thank the you very much. For music, I, I loved everything you did. Thank uh, you. But thanks thanks for making the time for us. Well, thanks everyone for watching. Give us a little like. Give us a subscribe. And um, keep the channel growing. And we'll uh, see you next time.